The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 329 of On the Corner of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the surprised Nick Pollock. Nick, hey, dude. What is happening? Surprised. Why am, why am I surprised, Alex? Because Nick, next week we're doing NABS live, what? baby. We're doing NABS live. We're doing the Nick Alex Baseball Show live next Tuesday. Not tomorrow night. Still going to be fantastic. Doing it tomorrow night, but I'm going to be in mm, yeah. L.A. I'm coming to New York this Thursday. Oh, I'm in Jersey. I'm going to be yeah. in New York. I'm going to be in Maryland. We're taking this baby who you're probably going to hear at some point in the podcast, uh, you know, as some special commentary. Um, uh, taking her out east to meet the family. And when I do, we're going to stop by the old murder room for a quick cast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, it, it's it, Yeah, just the joy that I will have of it. Obviously I need to set everything up again. Cause you know, I only made this thing for you and then you just left me, but it's <laughs> fine. It's yeah. fine. I, I did it all just for that one podcast. If you don't know what nabs is, that's the Nick and Alex baseball show. That's our new podcast. Go subscribe to that uh, on Apple podcast. It will not be regularly on the main feed. It will be sometimes here and there, but to make sure you don't miss an episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a, game, a review on that. And it's, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think it's the thing. I enjoy the most that I do with Petrolist now. It is just pure baseball fun. And we do it live every 10 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays through the year. It's growing on me. It's yeah. On me. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I, you know what my favorite part about it is? What? What do you what do you think? I'll give you one shot. Because there could be a billion things. What do you think my favorite part about it is? I mean, you say it's uh the World Series prediction, but no, 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 no. Uh, favorite part about the experience overall, knowing what you know about me in terms of podcasting. What's my favorite experience with it? Um, your favorite part is are the guests. They get to bring in other people and have them Wrong. do your work Hate for em. you. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's it, it, we're never going too long on that one. It's a oh yeah, of 60. course it is. Yeah, yeah. You kidding me? We're starting at <laughs> you know a time. It? We're ending at a time. And, and yeah, you don't it. you don't have any like fast. Never has a debrief. He's just like, all right, I'm done. Get see you bye. No, no, you know, no, no. I talked to like, Eric. You know, it's a wonderful thing. And you just you're I out. don't want to talk. To, you're the person. You uh, aside from my wife, you are the person I talk to most in my life. Yeah, I don't want to talk to anyone, Nick. <laughs> I don't want to talk to a single person. Okay. Well, you're going to talk to me today as we go through these top 100 pitchers. Um, and it's the list. You guys know this. I have my list on the site. Go read it. Go check it out. There actually is a coupon this week. If you didn't read the notes. No, Nick. Just saying. Just saying. No, you have to no, do it. There is, not a, there is not a coupon. Okay. But what you should do is you should be <laughs> checking out the notes because there is a tiny little Easter egg inside of the notes. What is that? Is it a coupon? No, it's not. No. It's a liar. It could be no. anything. Um, I am a liar. It is true. It <laughs> is so, so true. Of like, are you? If you're a liar, then I know you lying about yeah. being a liar. I don't know, right? I don't know. Who knows? But I'll tell you who <laughs> who will know. You'll know if you read the notes. You got to be reading the notes. There's so many. Uh, you know why is this? Nick, this guy rose one, but what happened? To, it could be this. It could be that. Read the notes. But what we're gonna do is wow. we're gonna talk longer than the notes. We're gonna we're gonna give you some more in depth. Talk longer than the notes. I don't know if the notes yeah. are measured in seconds. Fast. 
Yeah, that's a good point. But we're gonna we're gonna expand. We're gonna expand on the notes. We're gonna be, mm. we're gonna give you more than paragraph paragraph blurbs as to why guys are where they are. And there are some changes. There are there are guys jumping up ten. There are Jack Flaherty returning. What tier is he in? Andrew Heaney, he's back. Where's he going? Mm, There's yeah. a guy rising sixteen. There's a guy falling twenty three. Who is what? It? Well, let's find out and get to it. We're gonna start with tier one, one through five. No changes. Corbin no Burns, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Zach Wheeler, Sandy Alcantara. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called No Notes. No Notes. Because it's, hey, no, notes? No, no Notes. No Notes. No Notes. No Notes. All right. That is going to do it for episode number 329 <laughs> of On the Corner. <laughs> I mean, look, some people were actually asking in Twitch that Sandy Alcantara should be higher at this point because he's been on this really nice run. I just want to remind y'all that he still does not have the same strikeout rates of the other ones. And yes, he is going longer in games, but until Sandy Alcantara can, I mean, probably a couple other starts continue that strikeout rate because it's not normal for him to be going, you know, strike as many as he has been. Uh, then yeah, McClanahan and Wheeler should likely strike out a, a little more per start um, than Alcantara. But I mean, if everyone is happy about this, y'all know McClanahan, Wheeler, and Alcantara in three, four, five is like my dream come true. Yeah, that's nice. Pardon, pardon. I just watched that movie, Everything Everywhere, all at once last night. Everyone's so been saying the, this. I gotta say, fantastic I movie. It. Yeah, I can't Don't go to spoil movie, it. I can't go to I can't go to movie theaters. So, right. but it is available to, to buy right now in demand. So, I was very excited to be able to watch a movie for the first time in months. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, pardon, pardon my kind of nihilistic take here. This is a broad question. Okay? Wow. So okay. About the people, the people kind of where does where does this list matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter if you have McClanahan, Wheeler, or Alcantara, right? It doesn't yeah. matter if, if Alcantara is five or four because mm-hmm. he's he's in the top tier. You're you're sitting pretty with him. You know what I mean? You're probably, it's if like, you're doing a Wheeler-Alcantara trade, it's a one-for-one swap. Where does it start to really matter? Yeah, so you've been watching my stream because I say that a lot <laughs> of like, it, guys, it, it doesn't matter if it's Alcantara, McClanahan, Wheeler, but you know, I do understand very much. You want your guys to be higher than the other guys. Mm-hmm. That's where it does matter. And it could also matter in the sense of, Hey, I have Corbin Burns. And is it all right? If I go for Alcantara, is that, should I be going for Alcantara, Wheeler or McClanahan? If I am doing a one for one swapper, or if I'm doing like a two for two, including one of those other guys, I understand. I I think everyone does grasp that the tiers are really helpful of, you know, even you could say, where does it matter in tier six or so? Mm-hmm. Uh, because just because I'm saying this guy is one spot above the other one, it's really, really even as to who is more likely to succeed on your fantasy team. You know, I, these are yeah. humans. These are, uh, I often like to think of them as a spectrum of probabilities where those probabilities are heavier or lighter based on um, the range of how good that start could be or bad that start can be. But it's just the whole spectrum of success or failure. And uh, it's tough to, tough to really put into one list. You know what I'd like to see? This this could be a fun what? little date, a fun little date of his project for someone out there who, who might be interested. You got a lot of fans. You're a popular man, Nick. So I wouldn't put past anyone to 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 see them do this. I would like to see if we took uh, a new column and put it to the right uh, if, and replaced it with change. Okay, we replace the change column on the yeah. list with let's say ESPN percentage owned, right? Roster and then rostered. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I'd like to see the kind of invert if there's not a bell curve but i'd like to see the standard deviation of it you know what i mean i'd like Mm -hmm. to see at what point i'd like to see the guy who is has the is the rostered the least and where he is you know what i mean obviously probably one through 20 are all guys who are you know what 99 percent rostered but like where does that start to dip and then what does the back 100 look like and i'd be curious to see that yeah, it's something that we, you know, I've always kind of thought I would do once we make mm. the pitcherless fantasy platform PFP, which I think is very cute if you're a baseball fan. Uh, but nice. uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if anyone listening is a baseball fan here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's far down the road. And hopefully we can continue with what we want to do with the pitch was to create something like that. Uh, but I mean, that would be helpful. I think it's... Uh, you know, normally that arrives around tier seven mm. or so. Tier seven, tier eight is where you start seeing that cliff of options um, that could be under rostered. Uh, maybe 
even really tier nine or tier 10. Uh, so, I mean, uh, like I know Rowanza Contreras was under 30% rostered for a long time. He's at 60 yeah. right now. So uh, John Gray wasn't significantly rostered. Jeffrey Springs, um, Christian Javier was able to be rostered, so on and so forth. Uh, that's generally where it is on the list. And I do kind of keep in mind, I mean, especially in the back half of this um, every week, the rostership is way lower. So that's why you see the higher volatility because it's just worth it to go and grab something else because it's the confidence of just saying, like, all right, like this guy isn't someone that should be rostered in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So don't really hold on to him through a bad start. All right. Well, listen, we hope you really enjoyed the analysis of all the guys we hit on one through five. <laughs> We're going to move on to tier two, Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gaussman, Alec Manoa. What's it called? Why is it called that? Uh, yes. So I'm so happy you asked that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I just, the, the random categories I just saw are the funniest things I've seen in a long time. Are you Googling random categories? Again? I don't Google it. I need some reference points. So I just don't make everything food fast. Food. No, make everything food. No. It's, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing things that are round. <laughs> things that are. That's what that's what the name is. Yeah. No, I'm not actually going to do that. Um, OK, uh, I'm going to call it. I uh, the oh oh the um isosceles triangle because okay. an isosceles triangle you know it gets it does the thing you are a triangle <laughs> but we all know <laughs> but we all know the correct one is a right triangle and they're not that good. okay I, 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 I don't I don't know where to even go with that one um, the person the person that I want to talk I mean, about yeah. in here is you know what it should have been more... a rectangle because they have four sides and there are four of them you know what it's fine go with a okay. right triangle and they're not a square because they're all right angles it's no take it back let me go, let me go all the way over let me go google geometric categories real quick um <laughs> Alec Manoa jumps one. Now, if you read the notes, you would know that it's likely because that Joe Musgrove hits the COVID. Ta-da! But, but. Um, I want you to talk to me. A, we're going to bleed into tier three a, a little bit here. Um, and then we're going to talk to another guy uh, about this list. Not a great start against uh, the Yankees. Uh, just five Ks, four runs over five and a third with six hits and a walk. There are two guys behind him, one of which in Luis Severino, who... Also got hit pretty hard. Doesn't end up making that Tampa start, which stinks because I know you were really excited for Severino versus McClanahan. Ends up getting pushed to Toronto. Uh, gets hurt a little bit. But Aaron Nola has been pretty flawless recently. Talk to us about these three guys and how you settled on putting Alec Manoa in a different tier and why they are where they are. Well, I think it's more about Severino and Nola having their track record established while Manoa's is. Manoa's, this is the same, essentially the same guy from last year. Um, and there's nothing really too different to me. Well, Severino, okay, he had two excellent outings of 10 strikeouts each and just had one of nine. It was against the Jays, whatever, not going to really punish him for that. Slider's looking great. It's all good. It's just he hasn't done it for uh, for six weeks or so yet. Uh, and while Aaron Nola, finally, three straight starts, no blow-ups, but he was going every other for a while. So far, so good. But again, just do more of it, and the, both of these guys will be in Tier 2. Okay, so the other guy, before we move on to some of the other dudes in Tier 3 and we figure out what it's called and why it's called that, uh, is another dude inside of uh, Tier 2 who also, you know, had a a pretty bad blow-up and hasn't been striking dudes out in Kevin Gaussman. We talked about maybe dropping him a little bit last week. Here he is maintaining his spot at 8. Talk to me about that that mentality of, you know, why not Manoa over Gaussman considering Manoa's longer run of success, higher K upside. I mean, with with Gosman, I think it's a stretch at the moment that he he's going through. And be, meanwhile, it's just one game over three and runs in that time. Mm-hmm. We've called Gosman's uh, Gosman. I think it's Gosman. I'm going to yeah. make sure I do that right. Gosman. We've yeah, seen Gos- an angry comment about someone. Did what, what oh, you say no. about it's, it, it, it's fine. I but I but anyway, Gosman. We used to say has the most consistent splitter in baseball. And the last four starts, he hasn't eclipsed five strikeouts. I would imagine if we do feel that way about Gosman's splitter, then this will come back around. And I could say, all right, I should lower him because the last four starts haven't been as good. But then I'm going to sit there and say, do I expect his splitter to still not be as effective? And I think 
no, I think he's going to be just fine. And I know it was against the Orioles of 500 runs in 2.1 innings, but his, his velocity was opposite. So I don't really think there's any injury involved in this. There was some theory about the balls being incredibly slick and that being a problem for him gaining the right grip on his splitter. It's possible. By the way, if you're wondering what on earth that sound was, it was Alex Fast kissing because it was Baltimore doing the one good thing they've done all year. Yeah, anyway, actually, uh, me, so hold on. Whoa, whoa, We're better than people think. And B, how better dare than people he, think? How, how better dare than he people get traded? Think. How dare better. we are? What is what is your record right now? Fast. I think. We're Don't, look Don't, Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I'm not looking up. We're six games out of the wild card right now. Okay. Uh, the, you're saying that the wild card yeah, is two games below 500. <laughs> it's 30 and 38. You. Yeah, of course you can't. I uh, 30 oh, and 38 I can, I can are the Orioles thing. right now. What what a convenient time to lose your audio. And as fast can't hear me right now, I'm just going to control this podcast and not let him do it. So yeah, the Orioles are 30 and 38. They're 20 games back behind the Yankees right now. Oh yeah. Oh, they're, they're almost there in the wild card. Okay. Tyler Wells is not this good. Bruce Zimmerman has not come forward with it. Maybe Grayson Rodriguez does eventually show up and that would be nice, but this is not that was the joyous time fast has even left the podcast so i'm just going to do this on my own and i really do just want to reflect on the fact that it's been really wonderful having alex over the years you know we started this in 2016 but i gotta say this whole oriole thing is really messing me up no i you know there are times in life that you think i i feel lucky to to be paired with somebody and you know this but this podcast started in 2016 in in his apartment and i couldn't be luckier to be six years into this to have alex fast as my co-host of of the on the corner podcast and of course the nick and alex baseball show and thank you all for supporting us through the way through doing ratings and reviews and game pl plus and everything like that you guys rock and uh oh here is alex hey buddy welcome back how was that wait you, I don't want to hear. There's a diatribe. I miss it. Six games out. Of, okay. I, I cut out right after I said that we were six games back in the wild card. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. That, that, and I, I think you. I, think I said some really like, nice words about you, Fast. No, I don't you even didn't. know. I think yes, you I did. were even like, whoa. Oh, no. I can't People the don't. Orioles oh, are... wow. You're embarrassing yourself right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> it was right. very we'll sweet. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay. We'll move on. I, I can't. I, 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 don't, I refuse to believe anyone's saying any, anything sweet about me. Um, I uh we'll we'll move on to tier three. Uh Luis Severino, Aaron Nola, Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Clayton Kershaw, Lucas Giolito, Pablo Lopez, Shohei Otani. That's ten through seventeen. What's it called? Why is it called that? You know, I- I'm gonna believe this is the the Colgate tier because nine out of ten dentists agree that they are aces. So who's the are there who, who's the one who doesn't belong? Who's like the who's that doctor? Um, whoever is uh, rostering Luis uh, Lucas Giolito right now? <laughs> oh, okay. Yikes! 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 Uh, all right. So, I mean, no one really falls too drastically inside of this tier. The only person who does fall more than one spot is Lucas Giolito, who falls two as he dips below Clayton Kershaw and Max Fried. So, talk to us a little bit about that decision to 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 boost the old over the relatively, I guess, new. Yeah, I'm going to also uh, thank the you know, 10 listeners who just shouted dentist at me instead of doctor, mm. uh, you know, for really keeping your cool in that moment. You're, you're the best. Uh, really, it comes down to Lucas Giolito's changeup just not being the pitch that it was last year. Its zone rate has dropped 13 ticks this season. And I think that is what you need to know. 11% drop on strike rate from 71% to 60%. So it's just not all reliable. And the velocity was actually up in that last thought start closer to 95 miles per hour than 93 that we've seen for most of the season. Uh, and I think the slider has tried to do more than it normally does this year because the changeup hasn't been there. But if you're going to make one bet on Lucas Giolito, it's that his changeup is going to be really good. It has been old faithful for a very long time. And the guys go through moments. This is, this is something we can lose sight of in season a lot. This is one of those moments uh, for Lucas Giolito. You keep leaning on it. And really, it was only like the last start where the whiffs actually really weren't there. And it all kind of fell apart a bit. The other starts, it felt like more of bad luck than it was actually Giolito not pitching well. So I think you're still going to like Giolito. It's a winning ball club with the White Sox. And yeah, he should be really good in the rest of the year. 
All right. The other person I wanted to talk about in this tier is Shohei Otani, who rises 10. I mean, a guy who started out with a, a lot of, you know, really good pitching performances, getting double-digit strikeouts. He hits a pretty big, you know, snag uh, against the Blue Jays and the Yankees, where he gives up a combined nine earned runs over nine innings, although recording 12 strikeouts with a, a majority of those coming in that 10K game against the Blue Jays. He bounces back, though, against Boston and Seattle. He's worked 13 innings in his last two starts just 12 starts and this last start only nine overall whiffs, which is kind of a, a fall from the 18 he had in that start against Boston. Are you feeling that he's just kind of back on track and that's why you're rising in 10? No, it's more that he's made 11 straight starts. And my biggest concern with Otani was health and being able to consistently go every week. And he's done that. Uh, meanwhile, his strikeout rate is seventh in the majors among all starters at 31%. Um, his swing strike rate's ninth at 16%. His hard contact is 26th, uh, 328 ERA, 110 whip. It's more of just an understanding, okay, I should stop discounting Shohei Otani. Uh, and the reason I was before was because of the injury risk, but now we're two months in and everything seems good. Um, he's had the ace is going to ace label. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to make this tier the the real cutoff for all the ace is going to ace guys this week. So, Otani, you deserve this. Here you go. End of the tier. This will be a question for NABS tomorrow, but I want you to think about it, and then I want people listening who can come watch NABS live to Mm -hmm. weigh in with their comments when they watch it live tomorrow night at at, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, okay? Twitch.tv slash PitcherList, yo. Thank you. Last year, uh, Shohei Otani hit um, 257 with a 393 Woba and had a 3.18 ERA, right? And obviously won the MVP and for very good reason this year he's got a 328 ERA okay so not too far off very similar and he's got a 250 average but with a 336 Woba so the Woba definitely a a noticeable step down while the average may not be okay what I want to know is what how high can the ERA go and how low can the average go before we give him MVP again you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, right. At some point, like we're going to have to make a decision here about Otani. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. And I think, I think the fact that made it so easy last year is because he was great at both. And nabs, you know, so nabs. I'm curious. I'm curious. I-, I was about to finish the sentence. Just but like, I yeah, I'm really curious to see what I come up with. Okay. All right. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I thought you were, I thought you were going to, I, I've been with you for six years. You get excited. Oh, you're like completely right. Things? I just covered my butt pretty well. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. All right. Good. Now I don't feel as bad for cutting you off. Uh, we're going to move on to join us again to, to have that conversation. Cause I'm interested. That's an interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm not wrong. Right. It's kind of interesting. Um, tier four, uh, Julio Urias is 18 through 27. Chris Bassett. He's, Back, baby. Frankie Montas, Dylan Cease, Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, the new sinker baller. Nestor Cortez. Uh, Robbie Ray is the sinker baller, by the way, not Nestor Cortez. Tarek Skubal, Lance Lynn, and Zach Gallen. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, I have it in my head. I just got to find the right example. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, what was his name? Dang it. It's fine. It's fine. I got this. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Steve Urkel. Because okay. whoever that actor is, essentially just think of like your TV actor who mm-hmm. is kind of like a B star where like, yeah, sure. you know them, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, a, I'm an Urkel fan or whatever, you know, but they're not, they're not like an A-lister. They are an aces gonna ace. And maybe, maybe they get that break. Maybe they yeah, do. Yeah, they yeah. deserve that break, you know, but you're uh, right now you're like, oh yeah, that, that dude, sure. you know, these oh, are, she's these great the, in that, you know, these are the Jaleel Whites. The Jaleel, the Jaleel Whites, White. beautiful. See, I, I knew you got it for me. Yeah, these are the Jaleel Whites. Uh, I love that. A big fan of the Jaleel Whites. Um, now, we talked about Chris Bassett a, a little bit last week, so it's nice to see him rise up a little bit. We also talked about Robbie Ray and that new approach um, on NABS oh, last week, so you got to come check out NABS because we are still talking a little bit of pitching over there. The guy that I wanted to talk about uh, this week is a guy that, I mean, probably his best outing of the year so far because everything just kind of came together for him and that's logan webb 
with mm. 20 whiffs in that last start. Yeah. I think there was like, I think he ended up throwing, oh, I can see he ended up throwing 112 pitches because I used the pitcher list player pages. But if you go, uh, fans and listeners, and you click on his uh, game log, you can take a look at his strike zone plot. And yeah. if he threw 112, Oof. I think there's two, four, six, eight, ten, maybe 10 pitches that are above the middle of the strike zone and everything else. I mean, living up to the gallows pole name, really, that was low really yeah, 80 percent low location seven percent high location oh my gosh yeah 80 percent. that's low lock baby that's unbelievable so what are you thinking about logan webb i mean it's great to see it um i think the biggest thing really over the years uh or over the season rather has been the slider hadn't really taken off and the past couple starts we have seen his slider perform much better um, for example, we had seven whiffs in this one and five before and really just one start above five whiffs for that slider before the last two. The changeup, though, getting 10 whiffs is a wonderful surprise. It was last year. It was kind of the worst of the three um, was that changeup uh, with just a 25% CSW. And this year is a 27%. But to see it come alive with 10 whiffs there is great. I think it's an abnormality. You don't really expect uh, Logan Webb and his 85th ranked swing strike rate among the majors to have 20 whiffs in a start. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually, this is why you guys should be watching the live streams. Today, during the list, I went through since 2008 and wanted to see who had the highest whiff uh, totals in a game. And just getting a sense of like what is truly remarkable right now. I mean, you think of like Patrick... Yeah, Sandoval and Cole at 32 last year. We have 29 for Otani this year leading the way. Um, the peaks were actually tied, a three-way tie with um, Jacob DeGrom at 35 in a game, which is insane. He did that in 2020. But I, and there are a couple, I think Kershaw was one of them. And I want to say, oh yeah, and Danny Duffy, if you can believe it, back in 2016. But what I'm getting at is 20 is very significant. And even back like in 2008, you know, it goes all the way back there. Like very few actually were above like 20, you know. Yeah, it was really high for them. It was like 24 or something, which we see like once every week at least. So to see 20 from Logan Webb is great. It's he's not really that kind of guy that would do that. And I don't think it's going to stick around. I've had this idea of Logan Webb as a solid SP3 is going to probably hover around like a 24% strikeout rate or so. It's I mean, maybe even 22%. It's a 21.2 right now for Logan Webb strikeout rate. And he's going to have a good ERA and a good whip. You know, 119 right now in 343 ERA. It's, you know, that's kind of who he is. This is a different start. I think it's more of a birthday party than mm-hmm. something that is real. But if you can keep throwing those amazing changeups and sliders down, then maybe he does stick around. We're at a uh, seemingly a kind of turning point for another guy on this list inside of Tier 4, and that's Tarek Skubal who was off to a really good start. Uh, I mean, you know, had a, had a, you know, didn't do well against Minnesota to start the year, but after that had a, a three run stretch with no earned runs, multiple strike. I mean, a uh, uh, double digit strikeouts. Now here he is in his last three starts, Texas, Toronto, and Pittsburgh, Toronto, you can understand with the four earned runs and the lack of whips, Pittsburgh gives him struggles, Texas. He gives up three in the first inning before settling down a little bit. How concerned are you with Tarek Skubal, whose slider has been pretty inconsistent start by start over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, that's absolutely it. And I want to go more into school, but before I do, let's take a quick break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show we're sponsored by like a doctor, a, a bone doctor. Why fast? So then every time it was like a quick break, you're like, a, you know, <sighs> you a crunch. Like, do you have broken bones? And this man 
this man makes fun of my jokes. <laughs> I'm uh, a dad now. I'm allowed. You you are a dad now. But <laughs> before we continue making these wonderful jokes, let me talk about Derek Scoobel. And Fast is like, yeah. wait, you're actually leaving that in the podcast? Yes. Yes, I am, Fast. <laughs> uh, the slider, this is what we talk about in the breaks, guys. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the slider was in the middle of the zone against Toronto. It was up and down against Texas, and it was all over the place again in, against Pittsburgh. And I think that's a major part of what has not really been right for Scoople. And what I want is the Blake Snell blueprint from him. I want the four seamers up. I want the change up the sliders down. And so maybe the slider just getting strikes in the zone is all he really needs for that and leave the change up as that whiff pitch. And it is really, really good to see seven whiffs on 19 changeups thrown as he really did locate those, those pitches down against Texas. But Scoobal isn't finished. He just isn't a polished product at the moment. Uh, and I do expect more time. It's always been a, a story of development with Tarek Scoobal. Sure. We're still quite there. And, and I remember early in the season, I was a little skeptical that it was going as well as it was, but it was still something like, great, now he's being this, and it could get better as an ability that would mean that he could sustain um, what he is doing as he just improves, right? But he's taking a step back right now, has not seen those those changes, and hopefully he gets them soon. All right. Uh, tier 5, 28 through 35, you, Darvish, Luis Castillo, Kyle Wright, Jack Flaherty, Jose Barrios, Shane Boz, Tony Gonsolin, and Charlie Morton. What's it called, and why is it called that? Uh, I'm going to call it the National Parks tier because it can be really nice, just wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if you get stuck in it after dark and it's cold, like you don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, bears. Yeah, bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bears. <laughs> just bears, man. Bears. This is a guy who has never slept outside his entire life. Uh, like literally never gone camping. Um, the person, you know, not a lot of movers and shakers in here. The largest riser is number five with Charlie Morton. Great to see those those K's return, but I feel like we hit on him plenty. So the guy that I wanted to talk about, someone who made his return this year, uh, you know, his debut drafted relatively high before the uh, injury status came out. He goes three innings pitched with two earned runs, four total runs, three hits, two walks, just three K's against Pittsburgh. And that's Jack Flaherty showcased a little bit of a diminished velocity. Listen, I know he's probably still ill for you, but really not what you want to see after a really long time off for him. So we've seen that before of the diminished velocity um, for a guy coming back, making his first start for the year. And I think this was a case that we're actually debating if Jack Flaherty was going to get another rehab start or not. And they said, you know what, just just do it in the majors, buddy. Just come on by. You know how the Cardinals are. They like easing guys back into roles, but sometimes it's in relief. And then they go in and effectively that with three innings acts like that. Right. Hmm. I think Jack Flaherty, you know, maybe it isn't great next start. I'd be very surprised if starting July 15th for the rest of the year that we consider Jack Flaherty outside the top 25. Hmm. I'd be shocked by that. I just think this is a matter of time for him. So it's hard for me to, to gauge that properly on the list. And I wrestle with it. I mean, I could see people wanting to put him lower. I could see people, based on that philosophy, putting him higher. Okay, cool. I'll take one more. I don't know if it's going to be good. Maybe even is decently productive across five innings or so from Jack Flaherty. And then all of a sudden, you know, he was considered essentially a top 20 guy, right? He would have been top 15, I think, if he had zero injury concern. So, yeah, I mean, this should be better. Maybe I maybe I have egg on my face come July and Jack Flaherty's still hurt and he's um, the man we saw in September where the Cardinals just lim- limit him. It's very much a possibility. I put him in this year where there are question marks, right? Yeah. And I didn't elevate him further than that. And hopefully we see more encouraging things in the next start from Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to give you the forum too because I think um, – people come into this list each week and don't know about the context of the list might get a little bit confused about particular people. And I think Shane Boz is a perfect example of that, right? Well, he dominated against the Orioles and all he does is rise one spot. Well, you, some people think you might've had him too high last week because that, you know, 2022 debut wasn't so fantastic. So I imagine the only one slot rise for Shane Boz is because, yeah, that's what he should be doing and what you thought he was going to be doing all along. I mean, I think you should have been calling him Boz all along. So I think this is great. <laughs> uh, but I, 
I, I, I messed up once last week. <laughs> Uh, you got on me. So anyway, um, Shane Boz, it's good to see him perform well, right? And yeah, he should be. This is the tier of guys that we expect to do well. Um, this is where he was in the preseason. I didn't think that his initial start um, was really something that was going to uh, carry over because it was a tweak that needed to be made in the stretch. He made it against your Orioles who weren't that good. And he took advantage of that. Um, so... Shane Boz is kind of who we thought he was. Yeah, you, know, you got something to say fast? Are you, how are you doing? Another dig at the Orioles. Six games back. <laughs> just another. This they are podcast, eight games by the way, under 500. I think if you, by last year, it took us like until like the end of July to win as many games as we had won right now. Uh-huh. I just. You I don't, don't make the playoffs you... based on Delta. I don't know when you decided to have this sponsor spot uh, podcast by uh, sponsored by Buster. I can't Rolling, even say it. Saying. I can't even say it. I can't <laughs> even say it. I'm just so shocked and taken aback and disgusted. <laughs> uh, tier six, 36 through 45, big old chonky tier. Joe Ryan, Logan Gilbert, Sean Manaya, Fran Valdez, Jordan Montgomery, Patrick Sandoval, Luis Garcia, Tristan McKenzie, Mike Clevenger, Sonny Gray. What's it called? And why is it called that? I'm sorry. I'm just so, so distraught by you calling it the chonky tier. Yeah, I always the biggest one usually is the chonker. Um, I'm gonna call it the souvenir shop. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of things you look at and go, ooh, I might want that. And you go, oh, that person at home might want this thing or that. But you're not like, you know, then eventually you'll get the tap on the shoulder where they say, Honey, we're okay. That's all right. This isn't this isn't everything that we need. Sure. Okay, I dig that. Uh, the first person that kind of pops up, you know, for me and kind of comes to mind is someone that I wanted to discuss is uh, Luis Garcia uh, coming off that really nice start against Texas. Yeah, he had a start to kind of forget uh, against Miami um, two starts ago. But aside that and his first start against Toronto, it's been pretty smooth sailing for him. A little bit of inconsistency, uh, as we've seen across the strikeout front. Every once in a while, he'll give you two or four before jumping it up to nine. But that last start almost passes that 20 whiff threshold that you were kind of talking about a little bit earlier. Seven whiffs on the cutter. You talked a lot about, I think, the slider in the offseason for Luis Garcia. What are you thinking about him now? So I don't know if you know this fast, but there is a audio clip I have of you saying Miami. That okay. is just always in my head. So I'm always so proud of you when you pronounce Miami, Miami. And I, it's just, I, to me, yeah, to it's, me, I always pronounce Miami, Miami. No. Yeah. But no, I've, I've got the evidence. I've got the receipts. <laughs> and what do I say? Uh, like Miami? Mi- Miami. It's, Miami. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I'll, I'll, yeah. Just go talk to me on the discord. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, get PO plus today. Anyway, I, with Luis Garcia, it's kind of funny because ha, he uh, he did the thing I really, really enjoyed. Uh, last start, the one before, he had a slider going. He had a 57% CSW against the Miami Marlins on that slider. He had five cutter whiffs. He had uh, six whiffs on the fastball and was up to 95. And I thought, oh, okay, I know it was 500 runs, but he's kind of doing the stuff that I finally want him to do. This is really, really exciting. And then what does he do in the next one? He throws seven total sliders. And his fastball velocity is down to 93. Like two ticks different than before. Yet he's brilliant. Nine nine strikeouts, one earned run, you know, in six innings. So it's it's kind of a situation like, you know what? doesn't matter what I want. If Luis Garcia is succeeding and he did it 19 whiffs here, uh, then that's fine with me. And the slider was still good. Three whiffs on it, 43% C7, that limited usage. Changeup was effective as well. Across the board, I mean, 35% CSW um, for Luis Garcia in that start against Texas. It's it's good. And it's a state where there are a couple other guys in this tier that they're just performing well. And all right, just go off and perform well. I don't really need to say like, oh, no, this is going to be the best thing ever or that it's so sustainable. It doesn't matter. Just take those chances. Vargas rule it if you must. But Garcia has done enough with the cutter, I think, in the fastball to just justify his spot on your roster. I mean, 26% strikeout rate, 103 whip, 341 ERA. doesn't matter if it's not the exact uh, cookie cutter way that I want him to. He's having success. The other guy, uh, I just have a quick question about him as he returns to the list now from a COVID IL stint, 
dealt with a knee injury at the beginning of the year, dealt with, I think, a forearm or tricep injury uh, in the surgically repaired Tommy John arm, Mike Clevenger. Uh, uh, I don't know. He was on the COVID IL and just came back. COVID IL, but before that, it was something else. I think, I don't remember if it was triceps, or, but it was in his arm. Uh, over, he, he's got 19 innings thrown so far this year. They brought him off the IL and threw him into cores for two innings at the end of a game, and it wasn't great. Um over or under 80 total innings for him this year? I mean, over. Over? Over. That's okay. 60 innings, 61 innings. That, so that means essentially 12 starts that he makes. <laughs> I think I might take the under. I mean, it, it's just it's just been uh, all over the place for him. Every, every week is a different thing. I hope so. I hope we can finally see a significant stretch of Mike Clevenger because it's always better when we get to watch him pitch. Um, yeah, right. I mean, th- this is the thing I struggled with, too, is I, you know, it was a good discussion. It was on Twitch today talking about kind of the injured list table of the of the list. Right. I put it at the top, which I think is very helpful. I would imagine added it this year. We're saying, hey, for injured guys, I'm going to add a column that is yeah. theoretically when they're healthy and everything's normal and the rust is shaken off. And for the most part, like this is kind of where we anticipate this guy would be if he's entering the season uh, healthy. Right. And it's different every week. It, you know, it's, it's it's a relative idea and a concept, but over time, like they're not going to debut on that. Uh, they're not usually going to debut at the spot that I put because there's rust to shake off, and there's, you know, maybe it might take two starts for them to get there, and you know, maybe it is different or not, right? And it's just this idea, this concept of like that is who this guy was before he was hurt. So keep that in mind that we're still chasing that thing. With Clevenger, I had him at forty fifty and put him back at forty fifty because. Hmm. I I don't know. I mean, he could be he could be the top fifteen guy he once was. That's still sure. there. We haven't really seen him have a chance to even get into a rhythm for it. But it's no. going to take some time if he does, and be yeah. ready for that. The only reason I brought it at eighty is looking at all the rest of season projections, and two of them have him over eighty, and two of them have him a little bit under eighty. Total what does the bat so. X say? Um, the bat is what's on uh, Fangraphs right now. They have him at about. 84 innings so yeah a boy cardi i believe but in you yeah. cardi uh yeah they are they are yeah it's close it's close to 80 which also just stinks um all right let's move on to tier seven little tiny tier spencer strider uh mackenzie gore george kirby andrew keeney and that's 46 through 49 what's it called and why is it called that stocking stuffers baby you love take to see him yeah and there are not many mm. Mm. that's a fun caveat um we can start with Strider. I mean, hey, man, that game hey, man. was Woo. molto bene, that 11 strikeout affair. Uh, the, uh, doesn't mean the command is fully there uh, yet. But right. It's, it's, it's Spencer nice. Strider, when he has a strike rate above 60% on his fastball and slider, it's way better than when it's under. And we've seen both. Uh, this one was 65% on each of those two pitches, and he excelled. Um, but we've also seen it when he has a 56% strike rate on his fastball, and all of a sudden it's under five innings, right? And that's not pitch count dependent. That is just you are too inefficient and you need to get pulled. So it's exciting. It's good. He was the lead of this week because I just, you know, I love electric pitchers doing great mm. things and I just want them to do well. But yeah, we have to recognize it's the Giants and the Dodgers this week. If he has his. You know, if he has the strike rates going, he gets the, those pitches in the zone, that 100-mile-per-hour fastball and a really good slider, or he just not even get in the zone, just get strikes with them, the Dodgers will just lay over and die, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's just a question of, is this actually just a cherry bomb or someone who's going to be more consistent than not? Now, speaking of the Dodgers, the other guy who uh, I want to talk about at um, number 49 is Andrew Heaney. You know, he returns against the Cleveland Guardians. Innings pitch, one and run, two total runs, seven Ks, just goes slider sinker, uh, which, you know, makes sense for that still start. Nine whiffs on the sinker, just three on the slider for 12 overall. It seems like you might still be a little bit unsure about Andrew Heaney. You know, do yourselves a favor. Go to our player pages, just mm-hmm. in general. But also, uh, go to Andrew Heaney's page and go to the game log, go to pitchers, the drop down, and do slider. And if you do that, while you expand the game logs, you'll see the locations of these mm-hmm. pitches. Now, keep in mind, the first start is classified as a curveball. 
um, because that was Savant's initial reading of it. So you're going to have to swap, swap between them. But you'll see that the breaking ball, uh, the, either the slider or the, the curveball, whatever you call it, the first two starts of the year, they were so perfectly placed mm. down and glove side. It was yep. amazing. It was abnormal for me because I'm used to Andrew Heaney's command being the biggest question. Whenever he had good command of his fastball, curveball, and changeup in a start, oh, he was bliss. Those are those 10 strikeout games you remember. And the first two starts we saw from Andrew Heaney had that with the breaking ball. This start we saw against Cleveland from Andrew Heaney, ugh, slider was all over the place. And the four-seamer or the fastball, whatever you want to call it, sinker, four-seamer, it's the same pitch. It did well, and it carried um, this outing. So I don't like that. I don't like that the slider wasn't good. He allowed four hits on it. Seven balls in play, three outs, four hits on that slider. That's not good. Uh, and I worry if that's going to be a problem for him moving forward of having that consistency. I can also understand this is the first start off the IL. And yep. he might be a little bit rusty on that. So there he is inside the top 50 still. But maybe a sell high moment. I'm curious. Oh, interesting. Um, tier 8, 50 through 59. Nick Pavetta, Michael Kopech, Tyler Anderson. Carlos Grasco, Martin Perez, John Gray, Adam Wainwright, Jeffrey Springs, Eric Lauer, and Christian Javier. What's it called? Why is it called that? The Pepper Shakers. Okay. Because, you know, it's just like, yeah, everything needs a little bit of pepper. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first person I want to talk about in this tier was a guy who actually, if I recall correctly, had a pretty precipitous drop last week. Now rises 16 in Martin Perez. I think, you know, there are tiers to Vargas rules. I think it's a three. What's what's what do you say? It's well, I mean, there's there's two different things. Vargas rules. Generally, you hit one wall, but then there's a Vargas rule plus that you're given in a second opportunity. And then you're thinking of the abnormal good start. And that's an exception. And the second one is a suggestion. The third one's yep. confirmation. Okay, so uh, w- was Martin Perez under the Vargas rule plus, and now after yeah. that poor start against the White Sox, he's back against Detroit. So you're feeling good? Yeah, it's better. Uh, the sinker and cutter are the real things to me that depend on if Martin Perez has it or not. And it was really bad against the White Sox. I mean, a lot of pitches in the middle of the zone there um, with the sinker and the cutter, and they got messed up. Um, it was better against the Tigers, and it was the Tigers and fine it, it, you know it was good it wasn't so amazing changeup is still a really really amazing offering from him and uh, i think it's good enough at the moment to keep riding with martin perez in the moment uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's a little bit better command i believe he gets the phillies next and that might be a little bit scary but i think you gotta start him and hope for the best all right uh eric lauer Real quick, yeah. uh, gotta gotta give him a parachute, right? Because where do, where does this where does this where does it land? You know what I mean? It where might be it, it might be around here. It, I think he's going to be bouncing around a lot. And by the way, you know who the most volatile one on the list is, right? On this list? No, no, just in general. Who is it? You said it last week, I think. Oh yeah, I'm trying to remember it because I said that it, it's not Nick Pavetta, although that was the person I was just thinking about it being. No, he just who, keeps going up right now because he's on a roll. Uh, it's Zach Eflin. He's off the list now. Uh, oh, that's right. and Zach, <laughs> because Eflin, what happened with him is that his knees hurt, right? And now it's affecting him. It's two straight starts where he left early with the knee, and they're like, no, it's okay. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, he could make his next start, and I could fly to Orlando. I said in the, the roundup, but I'm not going to. Sorry for those that live in Orlando. Um, but Eric Lauer had 94 mile per hour fastballs at the beginning of the year, and that's what really got us hyped. Right. There was the whispers of him having it in the spring and they got confirmed, even though he did poorly against your Orioles. And I was like, no, 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 no. If he's doing 94, things are great. And now he's at 92.5. And I know I'm trying to give you the the, <laughs> the roller coaster of emotions today. Um, I haven't even talked about Tyler Wells yet. OK, I uh, but Eric Lauer is now back, back to 92.5. Now, inherently, that isn't so bad. That's what he did last year. And Lauer had a nice season, a 319 year, right, right. 114 whip but the cutter isn't as good right now and neither are really the breakers and without those supporting it eric lauer isn't there i don't think this is a death sentence i don't think that eric lauer is now done it was a fun run and it's not coming back i think eric lauer has a chance to get that velocity back i think he also certainly has a chance to get the command of his secondaries back it's just been three starts and i get it you want to go with carrasco you want to go with tyler anderson you should go with those guys 
So I had to reflect that on the list. Uh, the other guy I wanted to touch upon real quick in this tier is a guy who kind of personifies that gif of the little boy being interviewed and he's laughing and then he starts to cry. Um, and that's Christian Javier when it comes to his command, right? Because you'll start to laugh because you're having such a joyous time seeing back-to-back one walk starts and then you cry because it's four walks and then one walk and then three walks and then four walks. Yet here we are raising him up a little bit. Are you just in for this pendulum swing or are you not as worried about the command? I mean, have you seen Christian Javier's photo on his player page? <laughs> I am. Uh, it's he does look. He looks like he's perfectly in between the laugh and the cry. Yeah, like, that's exactly I, it. Yeah, that's why that cracks me up so much. Um, the way I see it is uh, Javier. You're right. The the fastball is more often than not, I think, commanded well up in the zone. Um, I have my question mark about the the slider and is he going to get enough strikes for that? A 57% strike rate thus far, and it's a really good offering. He just doesn't, I think, get it in the zone or really get enough strikes from it. Only 23% O swing is really annoying because just where he's putting it, right? When it's out of the zone, it's often uh, too much of a mistake, less of the movement not being good enough. I mean, he's only allowed 10% hard contact on it. It's really hard to hit. You just got to throw it in better places, you know? Yeah. Um, but when he's able to pair that right with that fastball up, he will survive starts. For example, against the White Sox, it was four walks, but one earned run in five innings, right? So I'm a fan of it. I think it's well worth your time with Christian Javier because the stuff is that good. It's just, yeah, man, just be a little bit more consistent and make us feel better about this. Mm, okay. Um, let's move on to tier nine, 60 through 63, tiny little baby tier. Rowan Zeke Contreras, Tyler Molly, Blake Snell, Hunter Green. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, man. Um, this is called the town fair because you see a lot of it and you go, is this real? That is so fitting that you should say that because there was a post on Reddit a little while ago about an attraction that I think was common at town fairs. And it was a diving horse, right? And this was in the 1880s. This is what we all expected to hear. A horse would (laughs) dive. A horse would dive about 60 feet from the top of a tower all the way down into a pool of water. And I think you can make an argument that Blake (laughs) Snell's drop is just as severe as those horses. And it brings me the same emotions where you're like, I can't look away, but I don't want to see this. It's probably bad for the horse. This can't be enjoyable. Blake Snell falls 23 out of the top 50 into tier nine. What's going on with Blake Snell? Yeah, so um, I feel hesitant to do this after a start in cores, but it really was just kind of more of the same of just, hey, man. You're not doing the thing, you know, and the thing last year was in July and August um, before he got hurt really in September or maybe at the end of August. If I remember correctly, uh, where he was pumping four seamers at the top and putting sliders down. And it was just that simple. And the very least, like in course, I'm happy that he tried to do it. At least he went uh, 60% four seamers and 36% sliders and really stopped only through four combined curveballs and changeups. But he threw 50% strikes and no. No, it can't do that. Yeah, And I, I've been a believer in the sense, like, look, I, I get that you had an, an interruption. You came back on the 18th and like, oh, there are some signs here. He had three games straight um, or three out of four games had at least six strikeouts. And like, OK, you know, this might be working in his favor. But it's just getting to a point of, you know, you're not doing the thing. And I'm just going to try other other guys that are doing the thing at this point because you've only done the thing for like six weeks in the last, I don't know, three years. And I'm I'm sick and tired of waiting for it. And I really, when it came to tier eight, I said, okay, you know what, Carrasco and Perez and Wainwright and Anderson, I'm just going to push them up more than I usually do. And I then decided, yeah, like Christian Javier is going to go above Snell. And it was, it was just a big shifting of tectonic plates here where Snell was just the, the largest, uh, not the opposite of benefactor, loser of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I prefer the opposite of benefactor. Yeah. I got to take that. Um, all right. Let's malefactor. Move the malefactor. Um, that is, that's like the greatest middle that's school band metal band name. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mom, we're called the malefactor, okay? Um, no, it's a malefactor. The malefactor. 
<laughs> yeah, we're, a, we're a hardcore Tyler Molly tribute band, all right? Uh, Mally Factor. Okay. Mally Factor. Um, Maleficent is a Disney film just about yeah. Tyler Molly. Uh, 24, <laughs> excuse me, 64 through 70, tier 10. Jameson Tyone, Miles Michaelis, Noah Syndergaard, Merrill Kelly, Tywin Walker, Alex Cobby, and Anderson. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, this is called stamp collecting. Because, yeah, it's a hobby, but, like, do you really want to jump in on it? Okay, but Nick, come on here with 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 Jameson Tyone. What's a guy got to yeah, do? Yeah, this, this is it's the Toby T. I'm sorry, I just think of a Toby. I think stamp and there's nothing wrong with stamp collecting. I'm happy that if you're passionate with that, your passion is something cool. I just that has this been the stereotypical thing, and I feel actually kind of guilty that I would ever accuse that of anyone. But still, um, yeah, Jameson Tyone did that. That's great. I think that was the best start that we'll see of Tyone. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just kind of came together. Uh, for an outing where his four seamer did the thing right and then kept things down and he got all the strikes with their stuff. But if you don't forget, the other starts were really bad. And he's, yeah, I think he's just more of that. He's just kind of a, yeah, I'm a Toby. And you see Miles Michaelis, he just threw 129 pitches and almost got a no hitter. Sweet. He's going to be yeah. fatigued now. And I don't think that he's actually this, this amazing. I mean, these are the Tobies. Like these are the better ones. Tyone and Michaelis and Syndergaard and Kelly's up to 30, 93, 94. Um, Taiwan Walker just had a surprisingly good start, but it's, 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 there's this is where the cliff lives is right yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pedantic, but I think you, you can, you can make a case for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably now. should have said that stamp collecting tier was probably the next one mm-hmm. before this one. Maybe this is the hobby that is rock climbing. Okay. Oh, cause it's yeah, sturdier yeah, yeah. and it's a little bit more exciting, you but know? it hurts your crotch um thank right, you move on you, you understand me fast <laughs> what's the name of that great uh rock going place that's around the corner from you Bol- um, brooklyn boulder brooklyn boulder yeah that's nice that place is really great yeah it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. um we're gonna move on to tier 11 because we have 30 names remaining and nick we might go a little bit long on this podcast i was gonna do it you know i know I but sometimes it's, ready sometimes it's funny to shake and bake you know what i mean um <laughs> you shake tier- i break. We're <laughs> 11, 71 through 80. Corey, Kluber, Alex Wood, uh, Michael Lorenzen, Trevor Rogers, Paul Blackburn, Cal Quantrill, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Gibson, Anthony Desclafani, and Brady Singer. What's it called? Why is it called that? Uh, I was about to know the food one. I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't do a food one. So I'm going to call it the city bus. It gets you there. You know, it's pretty cheap, but you're not like thrilled to go on it. Yeah, that's a that's a kind of perfect encapsulation about I, uh, how I feel about a guy just returning to this list and this tier in, in Tony Disco. It wasn't like he was really crushing it uh, at the beginning of the year before he hit the IL, right? And then mm-hmm. he comes back. What are you anticipating to see from Tony Disco Fani? Like, I think that of- Tony Disco is a, to- is a Toby. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to start him in that first start, but like, all right, a Tony Disco could be in tier 10 next week because he did well and he has a fast one on slider and the slider is good. And as long as he leans on the slider and uses the fastball as maybe a two-seamer coming back inside on lefties. Sure, he'll work. All right. Now, the largest faller inside of this tier uh, is is Alex Wood. He just goes up against Pittsburgh. Maybe we're not giving Pittsburgh enough credit. I mean, five and they, they, a lot of the times, it's like I'm mentioning their team name as a team that's poor, and they're knocking around some of these dudes. Five and a third with four and runs, just two walks and four Ks. The most Ks he's had this year is seven, which was actually against the Dodgers uh, way back in the beginning of May. Since then, hasn't really eclipsed five. Not necessarily like we're talking about Alex Wood as a guy who's like an elite swing and miss dude but the k rate down to 23 percent after that beautiful 26 percent that we saw last year looking like uh that last year was not really a turnaround but more so the exception from what we've seen from him right yeah the last eight games uh only one start has been six strikeouts uh everything else has been five or fewer and it's a case where he had this really nice stretch of at cincinnati at miami Rocky Road, the Royals, and at Pittsburgh, right? Hmm. And it's coming to an end now. Now he has to face Atlanta. And the way I see this is, look, if you have Alex Wood on your team, you can hold on. You get the, gets a nice start after that. Or if you need some help, it's okay. It's just Alex Wood. Hmm. And that's why I dropped him as much as I did because I don't want people feeling like they should be essentially having a dead spot in their roster for the week to stash Alex Wood. 
Um, so yeah. keep it open, keep it keep it flexible. But yeah, I, I I still wonder if Alex Wood can get back to last year's numbers because he was throwing harder. He was throwing 92, 93 this year, more than the 91.8 from last year. His slider is a little bit worse right now, but theoretically that can get back to what it used to be. There's there's room for that possibility. But then again, it was a 3-8-3 ERA. It wasn't it wasn't like the stud sure. season from Alex with a 119 whip. So maybe he really isn't that much different than that guy. Just, yeah, things aren't going his way. 9.4 hit per nine this year versus 8.1. And that's really the difference maker. Um, I want to get into the next tier because uh, there's a guy that I'm excited to hear you talk about. You talked about him a little bit in the past and said, if he's starting, I'm interested. Uh, so this is tier 12, 81 through 86, Daniel Lynch. Josiah Gray, Garrett Whitlock, Graham Ashcraft, Mitch Keller, and Ryan Feltner. Why's he called that? Josiah? Yeah, remember? Take me to ho- bring me to Josiah. No, Josiah? Yeah, Josiah. Was- Josiah. Is that what the old joke was though? Bring me to no, Josiah. No, you would just do an old man's voice. Josiah? Oh, yeah, not, okay. not Josiah. I know that's not his name, but I thought our joke was Josiah. <laughs> no! Never! That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what what is this tier? Okay, those guys. All right. It's the Hosiah um, tier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh LaCroix because they can be a fad. You know, <laughs> they can be what La everybody's Croix? after. The Croix. I don't know, man. I mean, Croix is if it's French. Yes, but everyone just says LaCroix. Yeah, LaCroix. that I know. Yeah, 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 I don't really yeah. care. I don't drink it. You have it. a favorite flavor? You don't drink yes, you drink seltzer water. at all. <laughs> you don't drink seltzer at all. I don't enjoy seltzer. Okay. Um, yeah. So the person, obviously, the it's only worst water. Story. It's horse water? Worse. Worse water. What? It's horse Jeez. water. Jesus. Yeah, let's give the diving horse some seltzer before it goes off. Bees. Uh, <laughs> unranked um, uh, players, but the one that I wanted to hear you talk about, like you, you mentioned a little while ago, he it was featured in the roundups that I don't read, and that's yeah. Ryan Feltner. Uh, so he, he's he's replacing Austin Gomber. What are you expecting to see? What are you looking for in Ryan Feltner? Well, the exciting part is that he had 95.6 miles per hour velocity on his fastball. Last time he, he pitched was against the, the Padres and went six innings, six Ks, one and run, two hits. And guess what? He has a luscious start set up on the road in Miami. And that's really yeah. it. Just like, all right, dude, you got this one. You go to the twins after, which I probably don't want. But if it's just so good, then okay. Maybe we can make this work. Good slider as well for Ryan Feltner. But yeah, don't really lean too much on this. This is really just some excitement tier. And then like, all right, you need some more stuff. Here you go to your 13. Uh, I think the real interesting one is your boy fast. And that's Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch. What is it about uh, Daniel Lynch that has you? Oh, I don't know. Right? He only had 23 whiffs in his last start. Uh, 12 on the slider. He had 10 strikeouts, but it was against Oakland. He did do the Blake Snell blueprint Four seamers elevated effectively. Lots of high lock in that game with a ton of sliders down. And that's been the problem is just consistency with those two. And if he's able to do that while also getting strikes with the changeup, which he did in this one, across 16 of them yeah i mean th- this is the man that i've been kind of waiting for and we've seen moments of it where all of a sudden lynch would get slider whiffs but this is you got 12 slider whiffs you also got that fastball command going up i uh, am i going to say he's going to repeat it no but maybe it is the start of the trend that you often i get asked like hey who are guys in the second half who are guys that maybe could jump the list who are not just some boring thing and whatever won't do anything you want some sort of electricity, something like says, oh, maybe this actually will be something. That's Daniel Lynch. The probability is in high, but at least the chance is there. I think I would buy it more if Brad Keller also didn't have the start of a lifetime against that same A's ah. the next day. Yeah, like, fair I, enough. I, I, I don't know. I'm just in the, that... Man, I'm just thinking of Gary Oldman in the start of a lifetime. It's, it just so happened to be against oh, me in too man. many leagues. And I was like, really? Brad Keller's going to be responsible for a loss for me this week? Um, we're going to move yep. on to tier 13, the final tier. Now this. Tier. This is a, a chonker. Um, 87 through 100, tier 13. Cole, Irvin, Chris Flexen. I love, by the way, that the Toby flag is straight brown. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I asked for that one. Yeah, <laughs> Love it. Johnny Cueto, Caleb Killian, Rich Hill, Matt Swarmer, Jose Arquiti, Zach Plezak, Michael Waka, Zach Granke, Aaron Savale, Jonathan Heasley, 
Andre Palante and Keegan Thompson. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called Fish. Okay. Because there are just a lot of them. And <laughs> and it's just like, all right, you know what? I'll just catch a fish and have some dinner. Okay. You know? Or yeah, I can yeah. find a guy to give me a fish. And I'm not going to learn anything about it. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's just fine. Here's that's 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 the greatest description of Cole Irvin I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Cole Irvin is a guy who's gonna give you like a fine whip. Like he's not gonna. It's gonna be a bland. It's gonna be like a sort of. It's gonna look at you with those eyes of a fish. Be like, oh, uh. <laughs> yeah, like just these dead eyes inside. Be like, here's your low ERA, but yeah, it's a 17 percent yeah. K rate. So that's a perfect description of Cole Irvin. But I like. Is <laughs> what, what are we doing with with Johnny Cueto? Should we just kind of buy into the fact that he's almost like a, a um, you know, it's weird to say this considering one's been in the league much longer, but a poor man's Nestor Cortez, whose oh, timing and quirkiness that. is 19% well, ti- strikeout rate. I know, but his timing is always a fun thing to watch, right? Cortez does that a lot. But here he is. He's made a good amount of starts by now. He made, what, seven starts uh, with a 2.95 ERA and a That's 111 stupid. whip. That's insane. Yeah, I one start under six innings in those seven, if you can believe And this that. is a, a, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, the Astros. Like, these are these are bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want to play that game, go ahead. I don't think there's anything of note with Cueto outside of, hey, here's my sinker. It's in the zone. Hey, here's my slider. It's in the zone. Hey, here's my changeup. Oh, it doesn't get that many strikes. Fine. Hey, here's my four seamer. It's okay. I'm Johnny Cueto. <laughs> Buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Uh, that's very good. Um, <laughs> that is very funny. Uh, Zach Ranky. He's back on the list. You put a baby six. Uh, he's back, baby. Uh, he gets the uh, athletics. You might want to start him okay. against that. That's yeah, all. I mean, that's a, look like Aaron Savali is actually more interesting to me, but he has sure. two bad starts as he returns from the IL. I believe it's the Twins and the Red Sox. Like, I don't want to do that, but at least be aware of it. And I have a guy at, at 100 for you fast. I was very excited for you to talk about Keegan Thompson. Uh, he's number 100. Eno actually tweeted about him a little while ago, talking about his stuff actually being uh, pretty impressive. There is no crazy, like, with pitch for him right now. They doesn't no. really have a single pitch with a, a swing well, strike rate over, like, 11 Yes and no. Yes and no. Because his last star had 17 whiffs. As he what? went nine strikeouts, uh, or 18 whiffs total. 10 yeah. on the four seamer and seven on the cutter. He did That's elevate nice. with four seamers and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really his major thing. 42% high luck for the year, but this one was much better. And, and Keegan Thompson, I, I do. I think that it's going to be something actually legit for the full year. No, but he goes against the pirates and maybe that high lock is the same that it was, which is, mm-hmm. uh, which was 58% in that one start against Atlanta. Okay. You know, that's how he got 10 whiffs on that. Maybe that is what we see. Uh, so here he is at 100. I've been anti Zach Thompson for a while. I've gotten comments like, Nick, you shouldn't be so low on him. Then he has like three bad sides in a row. So, yeah. but hey, he finally did something that turned my head and made me consider the floor uh, and, or ignore the floor for a moment to consider the ceiling. And I hope it's six round. All right. Nick, Fast. The, we will see each other next week. We're very excited. In person! In person, um, it won't be for this cast. It'll be for NABs, which you should be tuning into. But yes. that's going to do it for episode number 329 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.